do 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 Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. This comes to us from Jordan Maywood. Next up, we have Jordan. He's going to tell a joke. We got an answer for Jordan Maywood. Yes, Wood May. Hello, this is Penn Gillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. Eh, I'll ring an endorsement, I guess. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the Liberal Cube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical Liberal Cubicalist. This show is like a journal of the personal variety. The only reason I say that is because when choosing a category that this had to fit under, I formerly had an under comedy, but it's not funny. Blood, not funny. That's a deep pull there. Oh boy. Uh, so uh, I decided to uh, jam it under this category in iTunes because it makes a sort of sense in that it is a journal of the personal variety of all the media I have consumed. I should warn of the possibility that you have not consumed some of this same media yourself. So the potential of it being how you say spoiled does exist. It does exist. But then again, it might not exist. It's like a... Uh, what's that goddamn cat? Uh, Schrodinger's cat. It's like a Schrodinger's cat of spoilage. Ooh. Oh, God. Is that the title? Let me just type something. Schrodinger's cat of spoilage. Makes no sense, and I like it. That may very well work its way into the title. I don't know. I don't know. What I do know segue is i'm going to push a button that will start a series of five five minute timers like this and, and then turning it up let's get ready to rough some things Monologue. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Twinkies. Oh, you know what I forgot to say at the top of the show is that this is a very special episode in that it is a TV-centric, all-TV, all-the-time episode because, uh, if you're following along, you will know Fallout 76, 76ing. <laughs> Fallout 76 has, for the most part, taken over the vast majority of my media consumption, so... I haven't really been doing much else, including having the desire to record podcasts. So uh, I've just sort of been having a TV on the in the background uh, instead of movies or anything else. So uh, that's why this is all TV all the time, which I think has happened once before where uh, this has happened, where I had an all TV talk, all segment episode. So there you go. Uh, item the first, TV show the first, I should say, Last Man on Earth, or rather, The Last Man on Earth. Uh, so I watched the first three seasons. Uh, season four, is it airing now? It's in the works, I don't really know. Uh, this is something that came on my radar, uh, I guess, back in 2015, when season one came out. 
and it sounded like something that would be very much up my alley and after watching the first three seasons I can verify yes yes it is uh, it is available on Netflix specifically Canadian Netflix in my place uh, my place mm-hmm it's very early I should say it's uh, before six o'clock in the morning Oh boy. Uh, it stars uh, Will Forte. I also see he is the quote-unquote creator of the show, which is pretty interesting. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, uh, the title gives it away a little bit. He is, you guessed it, the last man on Earth. Kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. Some sort of... Oh, shit. <laughs> That's an alarm. Perfect. Did that screw up my timer? Probably. Uh, technical difficulties... Oh no, timer's still going. Okay, never mind. He, uh, uh, some sort of disease wiped out almost everyone on Earth. Just about everyone on Earth. Uh, we never really find out what it is, uh, at least up until season three. But, uh, something strange in terms of who it decided to wipe out. Like, there's, there's some sort of almost fantastic... Uh, non-scientific thing I feel like like brewing under the surface of, of who got to live when almost everyone died it, it sort of feels like uh, okay so let me read the IMDA uh, almost two years after a virus wiped out most of the human race Phil Meyer <laughs> and on that note the note of his name two of the people at least were named Phil Meyer who survived so that's sort of weird uh, only wishes for some company but soon gets more than he bargained for when that company shows up in the form of other survivors uh it's just basically really weird people in a really weird situation and because i like weird things and because perhaps i am a bit of a weirdo uh the show is just goddamn delightful i've got will forte christian shawl january jones uh, mel rodriguez cleopatra coleman uh, mary steenbergen Steenburgen, you know her, Ted Danson's uh, uh, lovely wife, and uh, they all are a goddamn delight. On the note of that, I can give my rating of the show, which is easy, simple you might say, to give it a 5 out of 5. Uh, especially in the uh, initial episodes, it does something, uh, the, the sort of reason that I thought I would like this. That idea of, and it does it throughout, but definitely more in the, in the first episodes. Um, that idea of picture suddenly everyone on earth is just gone. What would you do? Like what sort of crazy hijinks would you get up to? Where would you live? You move into a big mansion. Uh, I always thought I would move into like a library. Um, <laughs> just because then, you know, you have all the books <laughs> and that's nice. Uh, you set up a generator at the library. Uh, I always thought, uh, you sort of set up like your bed, uh, and this is a weird thing. I don't really know why you set up your bed in an elevator, um, and, and sort of like you crawl in through the top of the elevator, like you set it up so it's not too hard to do so. Um, but it's like a sneaky place to hide. Uh, so when you're sleeping, you sort of feel safe in the elevator. Um, I don't know why that's just, that was something I thought. <laughs> in like a post-apocalyptic world uh be it everyone just disappearing or zombies yeah zombies is good because like how do they get to you right and you're like hidden away in the elevator in the in the elevator shaft so <sighs> so folks 
I, I guess the final note on The Last Man of Earth is if an apocalypse happens, you will know where to find me. I will be in an elevator um, inside. It, it, that's where I'll be. Talk. Today's television talk sponsor, and this is actual television talk, uh-huh, uh, is, what is it? Oh, uh, is this your card, Business Card Designers Incorporated? Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, item the first in this television talk of this television talk-centric episode is Magic for Humans. Ah, starring Justin Willman. He performs magic tricks on the street. <laughs> that is the IMDb description. Justin Willman performs magic tricks on the street. Uh, technically accurate, but for my liking, does not go into enough detail. He is a uh, half uh, magician, half comedian, full interesting. Mm, how about that? Uh, heard him on uh, Jimmy Pardo on his podcast. Uh, he's been on a couple of times. We'll do tricks <laughs> on the podcast, which in an audio medium to have someone perform magic sounds like it's dumb, and it is. <laughs> but it's also, uh, you, you could tell everyone in the room was excited, and, and that excitement does sort of infect, I guess you could say. Uh, and he's, uh, he's very good at his job. I will say that, his job of magic uh, people blown away by some of the stuff he does, and you will, as I think any good mag, <laughs> any good magician will do to one, uh, and that is you will have that feeling of Jesus Christ, how do they do that? The, wh what's what's the trick here? This is ridiculous. Uh, some of it is uh, is is explained. Like uh, one in particular pops into mind, which is cool. So uh, they uh, and a lot of these i should say are in the sort of vein of social experiments as opposed to magic i almost feel like uh so he sort of traveled around tackled uh, various brain things uh so like this one was uh i forget what it was exactly but but let me explain what he did so uh in a park uh gathered a crowd around of uh of about 30 um 30 to 40 somewhere in there uh, all of the crowd were in on it with the exception of one person. Uh, so he picked two volunteers from the audience. Um, one, uh, one who was not in on it uh, sat in a chair and one who was sat in a chair opposite. Uh, he made the one uh, who was in on it disappear. So put a sheet over him, pulled the sheet back, he disappeared. You know, that that's magic. It's it's still fucked up. He was sitting in the chair in the middle of a park. Where the hell did he go? That's friggin' crazy. Uh, but uh, the, the, the sort of, uh, uh, not joke, but the, the perception was to be that uh, he, he was invisible. He, he didn't disappear, he was invisible. So he sort of handed him a cup and the cup floated in midair, uh, yada, yada, yada. Um, now then he did it to the person who was not in on the joke, put a sheet over him, pulled it back, and then the crowd reacted as if he was invisible. Uh, so he thought he was invisible, and he, like, freaked out. He, like, did... <laughs> like, he, you, you could tell, and there was, a few, um, there was a few subjects who did it, but one in particular, like, you could tell he thought he was invisible, and he was, like, freaking out. Like, uh, he was shaking a little bit in, I, I presume, fear. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> there was points where like uh, uh, Justin pretended he got a call and sort of had to run off. Uh, so the guy was like trapped being invisible, it felt like. Uh, so he was like going around to people and like like poking them. Uh, he there was like a couple eating on a blanket, like a picnic. He would like lie down next to them. Uh, it would have been funny if <laughs> it had gone like awry and he started like like grabbing boobs or something like that. <laughs> Not funny, haha, necessarily in the form of a boob grab, but you know what I mean. Uh, so so things like that. Some experiments. Uh, some just uh, uh, random close-up magic, uh, which I think is my favorite, because with the, the really over-the-top ones, uh, you know there's some sort of trick involved, but uh, with the close-up ones, although you know that there's a trick, you know the trick is something that, with time, one could potentially do, like it's all things with sleight of hand, which uh, really uh, pretty incredible. Uh, okay, so rating-wise, uh, I think I can go... A solid four with some cool blow your mind five out of five moments actually it's really good highly recommend uh, hope they make more there's uh, one season on Netflix right now Conan the librarian don't you know the Dewey decimal system <laughs> book banter today's book banter sponsor is burnt bread thank you for that sponsor Okay, uh, just like with Magic, uh, sorry, just like with The Last Man on Earth, season 1, 2, 3, I have for you another season 1, 2, 3, or more specifically, series 1, 2, 3, ha ha ha, that is an indicator, of course, this is a British television program by the name of Toast of London, ah, that show that perhaps you've never heard of, uh, like myself, but once watched was blown away by yes that one <laughs> Stephen toast that's the main character's name by the way Stephen toast an eccentric very much so middle-aged actor with a checkered past uh spends more time dealing with his problems off stage than performing on it uh yes so this is a gentleman played by matt berry uh, an actor whose name potentially you may not recognize, but I can almost guarantee if you've watched any British television programs over the years, you will have seen him. And uh, he's always a delight. Uh, this is the first time I've seen him in the sort of starring role. And uh, I love him. Yeah. Straight up love this man. Period. Full stop. Five out of five for the program. Something about British comedies. I don't know. Uh, very... I can't think of a time where I've sat down and watched a British comedy and haven't sort of thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, this very much in the higher register of that even, just because it's pretty goddamn crazy. Um, <laughs> like, this this character is just ridiculous, narcissistic, dumb, uh, strange, but then also the characters who we interact with, with are also incredibly strange. I'm <laughs> just reading, uh, uh, like, uh, I have the IMDb open, as I always do when I do these, just in case I need to read something, and the thing that's popping out uh, to me is one of the characters named Clem Fandango, <laughs> and, 
uh, Toast, Stephen Toast, is it Stephen Toast? Yeah, Stephen Toast, uh, he'll do like voice over work quite often, and that'll be quite often actually how the, the show will start. He'll be sort of in the booth doing some, some voiceover work, and uh, Clem Fandango is the one running the boards. And every single time, he'll push a button and say, Clem Fan- this is Clem Fandango, can you hear me? Uh, and <laughs> he always says it in the same tone, in the same uh, cadence, and the exact same way. And it's, <laughs> like, the first time, it's like, yeah, of course he's going to say this. But uh, the amount uh, and frequency that he says it slowly drives the viewer insane, let alone Toast. Uh, yeah. Uh, Rating-wise, I already gave 5 out of 5. Uh, yeah, please, watch Toast of London. Uh, okay, so I am decided to try to jam two TVs into this segment. The second being Shit's Creek, Season 4. Yes. Yes. Uh, okay, so uh, Shit's Creek back for a fourth season. Lovely. Uh, Rating-wise, I think this one, perhaps a little bit, uh, and this is maybe has taken not a downturn necessarily. It just uh, has lost some of its glow, perhaps maybe kind of sort of kind of sort of the season. So every season, I think I've given a, it a five out of five. Uh, I, I think this one I'd go a four out of five. And you know, to give a television show a four out of five on a podcast that nobody listens to, who cares? Who cares? Uh, if you're unfamiliar with Shit's Creek. Uh, a family, a uh, rich la-di-da family, I'm going to go ahead and call them, uh, lost all their money, had to move to a town, the town's name, you guessed it, Schitt's Creek. That's S-H-S-C-H-I-T-T-S, Schitt's Creek, uh, where they uh, live in a hotel um, and are trying to get through life without having money now, like they used to. And that is the story. So, there. Jeopardy, that's a show. Today's Game Goblin, or rather quadruple television talk sponsor, is... Uh, oh, it looks like we have a donut shop. It's called uh, Who Donut. Who Donut. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, item the first in this particular television talk segment is Broadchurch Season 1. Jesus Christ, have you seen this show? Oh. Uh, I, I will say just on the note, uh, the, and this is to do with our next talk, uh, the missus and I watched the first episode of season two last night, and Jesus, fuck. The, the, I'm going to try to, uh, okay, well, let me start off by saying um, uh, Broadchurch uh, starring David Tennant, and, oh shoot, what's her name? I don't have... I don't have the IMDb page open, uh, starring, uh, David Tennant and Olivia Coleman, who uh, normally does comedy, I do believe, uh, Jodie Whittaker, the current Doctor Who, 
Uh, nice to see her pre-Doctor Who, what she was all about. Arthur Darville, speaking of Doctor Who. Actually, speaking of Doctor Who in general, uh, quite a few people in that, I sort of, over the, over the watching the first season, I sort of have recognized. So that's kind of cool to see this crossover, apparently. Uh, okay, so... Um, the murder of a young boy in a small coastal town brings a media frenzy which threatens to tear the community apart. Oh my. So it's like a murder mystery whodunit uh, in this small town. Uh, you'll, you'll think it's people. You'll think it's other people. It'll jump back and forth. Uh, they'll have episodes where you're, you're like, oh yeah, it's got to be this person. Uh, and then you'll be like, oh no, definitely not them. And it'll sort of jump back and forth. Uh, I will say, try not to spoil it, and I will not spoil it. Huh, yeah, how about that? Uh, Rating-wise, I think I can give it a 5 out of 5 pretty easily. Just know that it's, it, it's a tough watch, uh, like, what this family goes through. It's, it's uh, Jesus, uh, like, what happens to... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I and, and, like uh, the first episode of season two, I'm just like I like my hands sweating, just like oh my god, this is fucking. It, it's intense. It's a very intense show. Uh, David Tennant, incredible. This is the first time I think I've ever really seen him in anything other than Doctor Who. Uh, just on the note of that, might as well say he was and continues to be my favorite Doctor. Uh, okay, so I uh, also wanted to talk about a show called Bumping Mics with Jeff Ross and David Tell. Ah. Uh, half improv, at least I assume it's half improv, half stand-up. Uh, Jeff Ross and David Tell will get up on stage and uh, shoot the shit, talk to the crowd, tell jokes. Uh, the Bumping Mics refers to uh, when they'll say something that uh, amuses one another, they'll uh, bump their microphones against one another's other's microphones, mm, hence the name. Uh, combining the comedic forces of Jeff Ross and David Tell, and filmed at uh, New York's Comedy Cellar, the series features zingers, audience roasts, celebrity cameos, and mic bumps. Mic bumps. Uh, yeah, uh, highly, highly recommend. These two are funny uh, alone, but put them together, and just a goddamn delight. Uh, easy for me to give them a 5 out of 5. Laughed out loud repeatedly. Uh, I think uh, Gilbert Gottfried, uh, he was on, uh, did, a, did a little set, did a little interaction as well. Uh, <laughs> I gotta feel like, uh, <laughs> like sometimes he will have people walk out on him, <laughs> just <laughs> and, and that amuses me. He's like, uh, I think quite often Gilbert Godfrey. I mean, uh, the type of comedian who, if you're a comedian or someone uh, like myself, anyways, who's not a comedian but uh, seemingly has the taste of a comedian. Uh, the, <laughs> quite often the, the comedians in the back of the room will be cracking up but sometimes the audience less so uh, which tickles me no end no end uh, okay so you know what's good too as well combining this is watch Broadchurch and then to, to come down off that terror <laughs> watch Bumping Mics Charlie bit me. Ah. Friday, Friday, gotta get down. Charlie bit me. 
Internet intercourse. I like turtles. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is Kerblam. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, talking Doctor Who. Yes, of course. If we're doing a goddamn television-centric episode, we're going to be talking uh, Doctor Who, specifically season eleven, specifically episode seven to nine. Yeah, jumping a. Uh, jamming a bit in there this time. Uh, first episode is Kerblam. Wait a second. Wait one goddamn second. That's the sponsor. Whew, I think this is a conflict of interest, but uh, I'm going to go ahead with it anyways. A mysterious message arrives in a package addressed to the doctor, leading her, Graham, Yaz, and Ryan to investigate the warehouse moon orbiting Kendoka in the home of the galaxy's largest retailer. Uh, the galaxy's largest retailer that has a very, very strong uh, resemblance to a certain other company by the name of Amazon. Yes, uh, the, the sort of robots taking over uh, jobs. They're taking our jobs, as they would say, in South Park. Uh, the, the sort of parallels, I, in fact, I think, Almost every episode, maybe not the arachnids and the... Oh, no, that did as well with Trump. Yeah, I feel like every episode has some sort of social commentary this season. Uh, nothing wrong with that. It's just... Uh, I don't know if I necessarily need it in every single episode. Hmm? Yeah, let's just see. So, uh, Ghost Monument, maybe not. Rosa, obviously. Arachnids in the U UK. Trump. Uh, demons, yeah, yeah, a lot of them, anyways. A lot of them. Uh, Kerblamp. So, uh, evil uh, robots, uh, evil company. I love, yeah. Uh, the, the doctor in a sticky situation, as you do, uh, solving a mystery of who sent this message. I love, uh, great episode. Uh, next is the Witchfinders, uh, arriving in the 17th century, uh, Lancashire. Mm -hmm. uh, the TARDIS team, ooh, the TARDIS team, uh, become embroiled in a witch trial with the arrival of King James the First, who's a bit of a <laughs> interesting character. Uh, I wonder why they made him how they made him. Like, is that supposed to be historically accurate? His sort of personality in this, I don't know. Uh, however, could something more dangerous be at a be at play? Uh, yeah, obviously it is. Can the Doctor Graham, Yaz, and Ryan keep the populace of Bylehurst Crag safe from the forces surrounding the land? Sure. Uh, it's interesting that they did a witch trial thing that wasn't in Salem. That's 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 a rare treat. Uh, I, I guess they had witch trials in the the UK as well. Apparently, judging by this, uh, King James I liked, even though hated him as well. Uh, I I liked to hate him in this episode. Uh, also a very good one. Uh, moving on to uh, episode nine, it takes you away huh. on the edge of a Norwegian fjord. I like the I like the word fjord. Ooh, maybe we'll put fjord in the title. Schrodinger cat of spoilage fjord. Oh, lots of just good words in there, really. Uh, okay, sorry. On the edge of a Norwegian fjord in the present day. Oh yeah, present day. Uh, the Doctor Ryan, Graham, and Yaz discover a boarded-up cottage in a girl named Han H A N N E in need of their help. What has happened here? What monsters lurk in the woods around the cottage and beyond? 
This one uh, was real mind-blowing, let's say. Uh, they travel from this universe through a sort of middle ground... Uh, I forget what they call it. It's, it's like a, a, a hole, a, a crag. Oh, yeah, how about that? Uh, that uh, separates this universe from another one. Uh, the other one is a sentient universe. Uh, and just the thought of that is sort of mind-boggling. Uh, and without uh, giving too much away about what's involved with a sentient universe, all I will say, and perhaps if I get lucky, the timer will go off right as I say this, is the word ribbit. God damn it. Oh, that would have been cool if I... Had a time that if I knew where on my timer that would have happened, it would have been momentarily. Uh, that I can verify. In fact, it should happen any second now. Folks, uh, just a little hint. There may be a little conversation cleanup post-credits. Oh, oh, yes. It's a uh, post-credit Marvel-style thing that I usually don't give away, but... I did this time because it's a television special. It's nice to be nice to the nice. Done and done. And I mean done. Done and done. <laughs> I like Ron. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper Yes, a bonus clip. As I hinted at, straight out just said, I suppose, so much television to talk about. So, you know, why not throw a little bonus clip? Specifically, Conan Without Borders. Yes, uh, watched a handful of them. If you're unfamiliar, Conan O'Brien will occasionally travel the globe. Uh, reminds me of a very comedic version of Anthony Bourdain, basically. Uh, and just as good in terms of... Uh, exploring countries and bringing back interesting things to talk about uh, with the sort of dash of Conan comedy. Uh, and when I say dash, I mean heaping spoonful. 
or Loving Spoonful if you prefer the band Loving Spoonful, which, of course, don't we? In fact, let's play a little of that band. Uh, let's see if I can find it as I talk. Uh, and that's how we'll end. Uh, okay, so I watched uh, Japan, which is sort of the main reason uh, that I, I, I did this dip into them. Like, I, I love them anyways, and I've seen bits and pieces of them. Uh, like uh, clips on uh, the Conan O'Brien YouTube channel, but uh, uh, the the main reason I sort of sought them out and downloaded all the ones I could find, anyways, uh, was because of Japan. Uh, I've had a uh, desire to go to Japan for sort of as long as I can remember. Uh, uh, so when I saw that uh, Conan was going to a place that I've always had a desire to go, uh, I knew it would be not only comedy gold, but of great interest to me in particular. So that was sort of my, my, my foot in was, uh, was Japan, but I also watched Italy, uh, Haiti, Israel, and Mexico. Uh, Italy was good because he brought along, uh, Jordan Schlansky. Oh shit, I forgot. Uh, today's, uh, uh, conversation cleanup sponsor is Schlansky Life Coaching Incorporated. Thank you. Okay, segue to, yes, in Italy he brought along, uh, Jordan Schlansky, who's uh, a goddamn national treasure in weirdness. And weird slash straight man. Yeah. I suppose you would say a straight man's to Conan's jokeman. Uh, just those two interacting together is uh, amazing, and there's a reason it's become a sort of viral phenomenon. Am I right? All right, folks, uh, that'll do it. Uh, let's just hear a little love and spoonful to uh, end it. Oh, yeah. Folks, you know what time it is. Yeah, it is. Alright. Well, it's, it's been a, a loving spoonful to be with you here. In the city, in the summer, in the city. Oh yeah, probably get me kicked off YouTube this one. Nice. Oh well. <laughs>